Welcome to session number five in our series, Refocus. You know, this series is really all about doing a shift, a reset to shift our focus off of all the craziness of the world and get our focus back on Jesus and the things he focused on, God and people. And in our last session, we talked about valuing ourselves. Now, that may not sound like God and people, but we saw <laughs> that we have to understand loving and valuing ourselves if we're ever going to effectively love and value people. And, you know, the word says, love your neighbor as yourself. So we talked about that last session, but now we're going to get into talking about loving our neighbor. So we want to see who is our neighbor. Mm -hmm. In Mark 12, when Jesus answered that question, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. He was actually quoting from Leviticus 19, where God spoke through Moses. And so in Leviticus 19, where it says, love your neighbor as yourself, that word in the original writings has quite a definition, all different types of people. It literally is talking about everyone from spouse to stranger, okay? Everyone that we encounter. So let's take a look at the type of people Jesus focused on, those that he spent his time with. He loved and focused on those who believed and those who didn't believe. Those with all different backgrounds. Those who had all kinds of needs. Sinners. The demon possessed. Those who were hated. And those who hated him. As well as those who loved him. Those who persecuted him. Those who denied him. Everyone, <laughs> all right? So if those are the types of people that Jesus focused on, that were his neighbors, if you will, then who are our neighbors? Who would you say our neighbors are? Exactly. Someone who lives next door is our neighbor. That's not limited to that. Who else? Coworkers. Coworkers, yes. Family. Absolutely, family. Friends. Friends, yeah, absolutely. Could it be more than that? What about the people we encounter at the coffee shop, at the dry cleaners, at the grocery store, wherever we go when we're out and about, at school, at your kid's school? Is it those at church? Is it those who have never been to church? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those who love us? Yes. How about those who hate us? Yes. 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 <laughs> those who voted differently than we did? Yes. 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 Those who view current events and things going on in the world differently than we do? Yes. 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 Those who persecute us? Those who are difficult to love, yeah. they are all our neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we're to love them. In 1 John 4, in verse 12, I love the way this verse reads in the New Living. It says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. God's love is expressed on the earth today through us. That's how he pours out his love. And you know, I cannot help but feel so strongly that we are on the brink of seeing a great harvest. There is so much hatred and chaos and division in our world today. And people are confused. People are hurting. And they need the love of God desperately. And the way they're going to find it is through us. The way those we interact with are going to experience God's love is through us. And we have a role to play in this harvest of souls that I believe is coming. We all have a role. And we've got to start seeing the people around us and being willing to love them, let the love of God flood through us to help draw them closer to him. We can get caught up in all of the craziness of the world around us, or we can do a refocus and set our focus on loving people as Jesus did. We have a job to do. God wants us to help draw people closer to him by loving them. And so in this session and in our next session, we are going to be looking at ways that Jesus loved people, how he kept his focus on people and loving them continually. And then with each of those ways that we see that he did it, we're going to talk about some action steps that we can take to implement those things in our everyday lives, okay? First of all, first thing we see is that Jesus kept his focus on loving people by praying for them. He prayed for people, people who needed healing, people who needed deliverance and freedom. He prayed for those who were afraid. He prayed for those who crucified him. Wow. In John chapter 17, he prayed for the disciples, and he prayed for all of us. You know that? It says he prayed for everyone who would ever come to believe. That's us. That's you. That's me. He prayed for us. He was so often found slipping away to get quiet times with the Father to pray. Now, when it comes to us, who do we most often pray for? Ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> ourselves. Now, that's okay. We should be praying for ourselves and the things going on in our lives. No question about it. But we can't forget to pray for people. There are people around us, not just those who are closest to us, but people around us, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools, who need Jesus, and we need to be praying for them. I've heard it said, before talking, 
to people about God, make sure you talk to God about people. And Amber, you have a great story of doing this, about really praying for someone in your life and seeing God do something miraculous. Would you share that with us a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I'd love to share. I just remember when I began to just really experience God, uh, he had laid on my heart to pray for my sister who did not believe in God and was very open about it. She was a very open atheist and didn't want to have anything to do with God. And I remember God was like, pray for her and don't stop praying. So every meeting I went to, I would say, pray for my sister and her family to come to know the Lord. It didn't become routine. And there were moments in the years that I prayed that were really tough, you know, but I remembered that God said, do not stop praying for her, continue right. to pray for her. It's going to come. The time will come. 13 years later, 13 years of praying for my sister, there was one day where she experienced God in such a real way that it completely changed her entire life. And her husband and her six kids all came to know the Lord, were all baptized here at the Bridge Church. And it's, she's in her word. She's got, she's like, I'm highlighting so much in my Bible, I don't even have anything left, you know. It's so funny, the conversations I get to have with my sister now. And um, it really is important to, to never look at, like, well, I'm still praying. When is this going to happen? God will do it. Just you're closer to that moment, not further away from it. And so God did that for me, and he'll do it for you. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Our prayers are powerful. We've got to be praying for people. And don't give up. Keep on praying. All right. I want to give us some action steps that we can all put into work in our daily lives to start praying for people. Now, remember in our last session, one of the assignments I gave you was to ask God to drop a few names in your heart of people that he wanted to use you to add value to their lives and to reach out to them. And so those names, I want you to start praying for them. Pray for them every day. Make that little commitment. Pray for their heart to be open to God. Pray for their to recognize their need for a savior. Ask God to show you how to connect with them, how to bless them, how to add value to their lives, okay? I like to take walks in my neighborhood and pray for my neighbors. When I walk the, our cul-de-sac and the next cul-de-sac next to ours, that is my mission is to pray for our neighbors. I may not know their names. I may have never seen their faces because they love to zip in the garage and close the door. <laughs> but I am praying for them, and I'm praying that God will give me opportunities to meet them, to reach out to them, and just to share his love with them. So however you choose to pray for those names on your list, whether it's out for a walk or what, I want to ask you to do something. Set a timer on your phone once a day. Take five minutes. You know how many things you give five minutes to that don't really need that five minutes? <laughs> Take five minutes and pray for them, okay? And I believe we're going to see God do some great things through you in others' lives, all right? We've got to be intentional if we want God to use us to reach people. 
All right, so first one was Jesus reached people by praying for them. Secondly, he focused on and loved people by noticing them. Let's look at his example. In Mark chapter 1, in verse 16, it says, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brothers, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Now, this is when he is inviting them to come and be his disciples. But I wanted to read this verse because that word saw, it means so much more than we may think. It's not just, oh yeah, those guys over there, they look good, come on. No, that word saw, it literally means to perceive, to discern, to know, to pay attention to. It means to cherish and have regard for. It means to become acquainted with. So it's far more than just a casual glance. It means to really see beyond the surface. He saw them. He observed them. He watched them. He knew a little bit more about them. And then in verse 19, that very same word is used when it says that Jesus saw James and John and called them to come and be his disciples as well. He sees beneath the surface. He notices in a way that looks beyond just what is on the exterior. In Matthew chapter 9, we see Jesus noticing Matthew sitting at the tax collector's office, and he invited him to follow him. And then in Matthew 9 also, we see that he noticed the woman with the issue of blood when nobody else did. There's crowds of people. What do you mean who touched you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, Jesus noticed her. Wow. He sees what people don't always see. In Mark 8, Jesus noticed that the people who had been listening to him all day were hungry, that they wouldn't make it home without fainting. He noticed that. He didn't say, okay, we're done, go on your way. No, he notices deeper, on a deeper level. In Mark 10, he noticed the children when others viewed them as a distraction. He didn't see them as a distraction at all. So how about us? Are we good at noticing others? Or are we really busy and we just zip right past others? I think so often we can do that. We get busy and we're just in a rush. I am guilty. Got my agenda, got my schedule. I'm in a rush. Who did I pass by today? I don't know. (laughs) You know, sometimes we can all do that. And sometimes we don't even want to notice those around us because, oh, they might need something. They might interrupt my day or my schedule. I've got to get things done. I know when I get on an airplane, I'm guilty because I, I don't really want to be chatty, <laughs> to be honest. And I've got stuff I want to do or maybe I want to sleep or watch a movie or whatever the case may be and um, so I remember not too terribly long ago being on an international flight and we had just had a layover and there were some very 
unsettling things happening at that airport. And um, so we get on the plane, it was a small flight, and um, people's nerves were on edge. And I was sitting in the middle seat, not my favorite. <laughs> and there was a young girl next to me against the window. And I turned to say the cordial hi, <laughs> but something was different. And I noticed that she'd been crying and could not leave it at just a high. And so we started talking, and it was such a divine appointment. Mm -hmm. God put us together. He intended for our paths to cross. And we talked for a good part of the flight. And I could have easily just, hi, and then turned back to mind my own business. But when we take time to notice, to see beyond the surface, wow, it creates opportunities for God to work and do things that we never expected. And I don't want to miss out on those opportunities. But it takes being intentional. Think about it. Ask yourself that question. Do you notice? Do you really see those around you? Or do you just look at the surface? We need to learn to look beyond the surface. So our action steps to put this to work in our lives is to create greater space for noticing. All right? So... How many of you are guilty, like me, of arriving somewhere right on time or maybe a hair after? <laughs> if we plan to get somewhere early, 10 minutes early, with the goal of watching, looking, seeing, noticing people, Wow, what opportunities could that create? Yeah, that's good. How about getting outside and just lingering a little bit longer in the driveway, taking a little bit more time to get the mail to notice any of your neighbors out there, to notice what might be going on with them, with their kids. If you see them outside, what might you notice? So let's start being really conscious and intentional about every day, creating space in our normal activities to take time to notice, all right? Okay, and the third thing that we're going to look at today is that Jesus focused on loving people by simply including them. He was so good at including people in his everyday activities. You know, when he saw the future disciples and uh, he didn't just see them there fishing, no, he called them. He invited them to come and follow him, to be part of his life, to do everyday life with him. After noticing Matthew at the tax collector's office, they had a meal together. They shared life together over and over and over and over again through the Gospels. When you read the life of Jesus, he was constantly ministering to people 
throughout the course of his everyday activity. So much of his ministry happened just during his everyday activities, traveling from place to place, eating a meal. So how about us? If we started thinking about including people in our everyday activities, when we're traveling from place to place, so what does that look like for us? Maybe when we're running errands or maybe carpooling to work or different places that we go. How does that sound to you? Or sharing meals with people more frequently. Does that sound like an inconvenience? Does it sound like, oh, but then everything will take so much longer and I'm always in a hurry, you know? <laughs> we need to... Be willing to allow people to be part of our everyday lives. I know, Ashley, you grew up with that being part of the way your family was, and, and especially with holidays, inviting people to join you for holidays. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, so I grew up in a pastor's home, and my parents were always looking for people from our church, from our community, to include in our holidays. And, you know, as kids, I have two brothers, older and younger, and we would always be like, oh my gosh, like, why do we have to always invite these people that we don't know to, like, come to our house for the holidays? And, um, you know, I know now that my parents were instilling something in us, instilling a value in us. And um, I can remember very specifically um, one particular lady who was a part of our church community for a few years. And, you know, the Bible talks a lot about Jesus hanging out with the sinners and the rejects. And, you know, if you, if you wanted to put a category around, you would probably maybe classify her in in a category of maybe someone who you didn't want to spend too much time with or someone who had a different life and did different things, made different choices, and, you know, maybe not someone that you would want to spend your holidays with. But she was just this really special woman that just really took a place in my parents' heart. And um, so they invited her over for Thanksgiving one day. And, and, you know, just the pure invitation of coming into our home was meant so much to her. I mean, she had tears in her eyes when, when we invited her over and, and then to have her come into our home and sit at our table and, and share meal and, and share that, that family time, you know, holidays are so, such a family time. And to share that, um, you know, especially her, her background, she had been separated from children, children had been taken from her, um, was not in communi uh, communication with her family. She lived in a halfway house. She was in and out of jail. And so just to um, be invited and to be included in our family day meant so much to her. And, you know, we sitting at the table sharing stories and laughing together and playing games and, and all of that um, was just so incredible. And for her to, she ended up sharing her story with us. And um, I know that she just felt so valued. My parents treated her like, like any other person that would have walked through the doors of our home. And, you know, and as a young girl that really instilled something in me um, and encouraged me for sure. But it was just a special day for sure. Awesome. I love that. Those little things. They're not little, and they make such a difference in people's lives. So let's think about some action steps that we can all take to put this into practice in our daily lives. Surely at some point you think about your week, or if you're not a planner, maybe the next day. 
of what errands you have to run, where you need to go, what meals you're going to cook, what coffees you're going to grab. When you think about those things, ask God who he might want you to invite to come along with you. Start with just doing it once a week. Once a week, include someone. For this coming week, include someone in an errand, in a meal, in a coffee, whatever it is. And push past any excuse that would try to stop you. Because you may think of the person, you may want to do it, but I can guarantee you the enemy's going to be right there to tell you they're going to think that's weird. You want me to run to the store with you? What? <laughs> you know what? If a girlfriend called you and said, hey, run to the store with me, you'd probably jump at the chance if you were available. <laughs> so push the excuses out of the way. Push past them. Don't let the enemy stop you. And let's invite someone into one of our daily activities this next week. Okay? All right. What about just another thought to tag on to that? What's another place we go? Church. How about church? You read my mind. <laughs> yes. And connect groups? Yeah. Think about inviting people with you to church, to connect group. And I am just going to say, since we are filming this very shortly before Easter, that is a great opportunity. Yeah. So many people may not consider going to church any other time of year, but they would come to an Easter service if they had an invitation. Yeah. So reach out. Ask God to show you who you can invite and to give you the boldness and invite people to come with you. And then after Easter, we're going to be starting a new study in Women's Connect Group's great opportunity to invite someone to come with you. Let's start being intentional about including people in what we're doing in our everyday lives and just watch what God will do as a result, okay? All right, so we've got the names of those people God dropped in our heart, right? And we're going to start praying for them five minutes a day. We're going to be intentional about that. We're going to carve out time in our days to start noticing people, to not be so busy, but to start noticing those around us. And we're going to include someone in one activity this week. And I believe we are going to see God work through us in new ways to express his love to people around us. I want to pray for you. Father, God, I just thank you for the privilege, the honor that we have to be used by you. God, I pray that we would not take that for granted, that we wouldn't be too busy for that. Father, help us. Help us to recognize those around us that we can reach out to. Father, help us to pray for them diligently, to have passion to pray for them. Father, I pray that you would help us 
become intentional about noticing people. God, help us to see beyond the surface. Help us not to rush past people in our busy lives. Help us to really see like you see. Give us your eyes, God, to see beyond the surface and see what you see. And then, Father, God, I just pray that you would help us be used by you in new ways. God, help us not to be too busy. God, help us to be willing to take a little more time in doing something by inviting someone to come with us. God, show us the daily activities that we do where we can include others. Show us who you want us to include. And God, give us the boldness to invite them into our daily activities, into our church family, into our connect groups, into everything we do, God. God, use us to express your love to others, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to give you some discussion questions to talk about, all right? First of all, would you say you are good at focusing on people like Jesus did? Give that a little thought. Secondly, which of these three methods discussed today sounds most challenging to you and why? Talk about that in your group because maybe the one that's challenging for you is easy for someone else and you can encourage each other in that. And then number three, are you willing to include someone in one of your activities this week? Let's make commitment to doing it. All right? Can't wait to see you for our next and final session in this series.